Hi everyone, and welcome to the Kyiv Post's short and sweet podcast from Ukraine with love. The latest news delivered at home. My name is Alina Kent, and I'm a multimedia journalist here at the Kyiv Post. And we're here to present you the news of the week. Hello Alina, this is Alexander Kiri, business reporter at the Kyiv Post, and here's a roundup of the week of September 11th. Ukraine has identified a record-breaking 3,144 new COVID-19 cases in the past 24 hours, Health Minister Maxim Stepanov said during his morning briefing on September 11th. As of 9 a.m., there are over 78,670 active cases across Ukraine. In the past 24 hours, Ukraine has recorded 53 deaths from COVID-19, 508 patients have been hospitalized, and 1,128 people have recovered. And our cover story this week. The Rotterdam investigation is getting swept under the rug, despite being one of the biggest corruption scandals in recent Ukrainian history. In late August, the Special Anti-Corruption Prosecutor's Office ordered the investigation to be closed. Evidence of a crime, billions of dollars in public losses, and an oligarch-owned corporation allegedly controlling state bodies like marionettes, it could have been a good case. Detective of the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine, or NABU, met with our colleagues Anna Mironyuk and Igor Kosov and said that the new government under President Volodymyr Zelensky refuses to cut the strings. The top benefactor was allegedly Diteko Norinat Akhmetov, Ukraine's wealthiest oligarch with links that led back to former President Petro Poroshenko. Both deny any wrongdoing. The infamous Rotterdam Plus formula was introduced in 2016 by Ukraine's energy regulator and ran until July 2019. After the call which Donbass became a conflict zone, Ukraine looked to import. The formula set energy prices based on a coal index in European hubs plus the cost of its delivery to Ukraine. Except most coal didn't come from European hubs. According to NABU, paying for non-existent delivery drained 1.4 billion US dollars from Ukrainian energy consumers they shouldn't have had to pay. NABU found evidence that the DTEC group, which controls 70% of the country's coal energy, created the formula and illegally colluded with the regulator to make it law. This allowed the company to improve its cash flow and its securities soared in value. People with inside knowledge made billions on these securities. You can read more about this in this week's issue of Kiev Post in a story written by Anna Mironyuk and Igor Kosov, Why Authorities Are Trying to Kill Key Rotterdam Plus Investigation. The Supreme Court has stopped a lower court decision that would have forced state-owned private bank to pay $350 million to two oligarch brothers. Last week's decision in favor of Igor and Grigory Sorkis by the Pechersk District Court drew condemnation from Prime Minister Denis Shmihal, the Ministries of Finance and Justice, the Central Bank and Privat Bank itself. The circuses are Ukrainian oligarchs and ex-business partners of Igor Kolomoisky, a former co-owner of Privat Bank. As alleged insider parties in a major fraud ring, they had their deposits in the bank turned into bank shares during its nationalization in 2016. They have filed many lawsuits to get the deposits back. Now the Supreme Court has temporarily blocked the decision, allowing the brothers to start withdrawing money from Privat Bank until a cassation appeal can be heard. 
Russian-backed militants attacked Ukrainian forces in the war zone of Donbass shortly after the Ukrainian side refused on September 10th to admit enemy envoys to inspect its frontline defenses. Earlier, the Ukrainian side agreed to admit envoys from the OSCE and the Joint Center for Ceasefire Coordination to inspect the site for ceasefire violations following tough negotiations with Russia regarding a frontline section where Russian-backed militants accused Ukrainian forces of installing new defenses near the village of Shumi. But shortly before the inspection, the Ukrainian side to the talks said it was cancelled due to the enemy party constantly issuing new demands some of which contradicted each other. The agreement, which in fact meant that representatives of Russian-backed militants, part of the GCCC, cross-frontline liaison body, would be admitted to Ukrainian lines without the Ukrainian side getting to inspect their lines, sparked a heavy backlash in Ukrainian media. Many in the media accused the administration of Zelensky of taking another treasonous step toward the appeasement of the Kremlin in Donbass, saying that allowing the enemy to walk free among frontline installations would be a severe embarrassment for the military defending the area. An attempt to deliver nearly 112 kilograms of cocaine was intercepted a few days ago after state authorities found the drugs hidden in a freight container filled with bananas that came from Ecuador to Pivdeni port in Odessa. It's the biggest drug bust in Ukraine this year so far. The State Border Guard Service of Ukraine stated on its website on September 9th that they discovered 100 packages of drugs that are cumulatively worth $17 million. This is not the first large shipment of cocaine contraband to arrive in Odessa from overseas since the start of the year. Authorities reported that they discovered cocaine in the same port at least three times in 2020. Each time the cocaine was found in banana containers that arrived from South American countries. World Suicide Prevention Day took place on September 10 to draw attention to this global issue, a major problem in Ukraine. One Ukrainian dies by suicide almost every hour, bringing the yearly total to almost 7,000 deaths, according to the World Population Review. These gloomy statistics put the country in 8th place globally by suicide rate. While Ukraine's suicide rates are some of the highest in the world, the subject still remains almost entirely undiscussed, while those struggling with suicide have difficulty finding the proper support. About 80% of all suicide victims are men, a number which might be connected to the growing number of veterans returning from Russia's war in Ukraine's eastern Donbass, suffering from PTSD and struggling to adapt to civilian life. Despite the urgency of the issue, Ukraine has no strategy for national suicide prevention. While all the activities aimed to raise awareness and provide help are largely carried out by civil society. Psychotherapy and even psychological help are surrounded by stigma in Ukraine, a common perception the country inherited from the Soviet Union and did little to change during 29 years of independence. To learn more about this pressing issue and how to prevent suicide, read our colleague Tomá Istomina's article, Suicide Prevention Relies on Civic Sector in Ukraine. Because nature always strikes back. And around the world, nature is striking back with fury. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres delivered that statement at the 2019 Climate Action Summit. In Ukraine, 2019 is known as the year without winter. Some good news from us. 
the Kyiv Post's video series, Ukraine on the Brink, is out. The 10-part series will examine some of the country's most pressing ecological issues and the people fighting to protect Ukraine's environment. The first episode, climate change, Lake Svitas. Global warming is heating up Ukraine, putting some of the country's most vital ecological regions on the brink of environmental disaster. As temperatures rise, some of the country's regions are already experiencing devastating consequences. In northwestern Ukraine's Volyn Oblast, climate change is threatening Lake Svitas, the country's deepest and second-largest lake. As Lake Svitas's water levels decline, experts try to determine what fate awaits this massive body of water. You can find the episode on our website, Instagram, and YouTube channels. The Post Top 30 Under 30 nomination cycle of 2020 is now open. The winners are part of a new generation with great ideas and patriotism, leaders who are working to solve Ukraine's problems and make the nation we love a better place. For the fifth year, the Kiev Post is looking for new heroes with the help of our audience. If you know young leaders who are 29 or younger and have great achievements, let us know. Nominations are accepted until October 4th and can be submitted in either English or Ukrainian. Check out where to submit nominations on our website, kievpost.com. From the whole team at the Kiev Post, thanks again for listening to this week's podcast. You can check out these stories more in-depth on our website, kievpost.com. We journalists at the Kiev Post have you covered 24-7. Make sure to subscribe to the Kiev Post in order to stay on top of what's happening in Ukraine. It's just $45 a year and helps support independent journalism. Stay safe. Stay home. And subscribe to the Kiev Post.